Hello, I'm Felicia Vereen, always known as Fee. Hey Fee, and I'm your girl Sharita 3, better known as Red. And, and we, we are Inspire Her, the Total Woman Podcast. A new podcast all about uplifting you. Yes. Because friends face it, you are awesome. We'll be chatting up about topics we love to talk about. All the things we as women must juggle every day and the issues we complain about. Who's listening? We'll chat about the struggle, the job, and about him. Mm. You know who we're talking about. That boo, husband, boyfriend, ex, whatever you're calling them today. Mm. Our lovely hellions. I mean, kids. Our angels. But seriously, friends, life happens, and we don't always get a chance to talk about it. We take it on the chin, and we keep it moving. Because that's what we were told to do. Yep. But here on Inspire Her, the Total Woman podcast with Red and Fee, we are the friends you love to hang out with. We are here to inspire her, the Total Woman. Yes. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Inspire Her. We are too excited to be here. How are you, Red? I am good. I am good. Feeling pretty good today. Guys, listen. I don't know about y'all, but y'all know it's about to be that special month coming up next month. (laughs) Yes. And you did well. (laughs) November is coming up, but I'm going to let y'all have the rest of October. I'm going to let y'all have the rest of October. November's coming up, though. I just want to let y'all know the countdown is coming. It's coming. But today we have a very, very special guest. We have a very, very special topic. October, we've already talked about is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and it's also Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And we have Lady Melinda Sue, who is on here to have a conversation with us. Lady Melinda Sue is also an author. Her book is called Cracked, Not Shattered. She will talk to us about her story of domestic violence. A lot of times people don't want to discuss what goes on behind closed doors because they feel some kind of way about it. But we appreciate you for coming on and joining us tonight and being brave enough to talk to us about your story and helping other women. You just had a gala last week that helps mm. women and um, collects um, money for fundraising. So. Talk to us a little bit. Tell us a little bit about who you are, your projects going on, your organization, all of that. <laughs> um, hi, my name is Melinda Hunter, um, as stated earlier, and I'm also known as Lady Melinda Sue. I am from um, Sylvania, Georgia. Felicia uh, Fee. Fee. Fee is my cousin. Okay. <laughs> and, make sure, and make sure I get it right. Not Fee, 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 but Fee. <laughs> Whatever you want to call me, whatever y'all call me. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah, I um, I am a big advocate when it comes to domestic violence. Um, I have had some experiences and I'm fine with sharing my story um, because it is, it's not who I am and it's not what I was. However, I see it as from being a victim to a victor. And so, therefore, I had to learn, you know, I had to get tired of being tired to get to where I am today. And so I have one sibling. Before I get into all of that, let me finish mm-hmm. introducing myself. <laughs> I do have one sing, um, sibling, and I also have another book published, um, which is um, Breakthrough. 
21 days for your breakthrough. And that's actually a journal for 21 days that you follow. Um, it has a scripture in there. It has the um, like where you can make your plans for today, three. And then at the end of the day, you do a reflect as to what you did and did not do. And then just do your stuff. It's like a self. It's, it's a way of um, accountability within yourself, maintaining mm -hmm. integrity and getting things accomplished. Um, yeah. I am the founder of Grace International Light also. And again, that's an organization, faith-based organization. And it's not gender specific because when God gave me the vision, he showed me that it's not just women that go through the different things, but it's also both genders. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's what he wanted to be, not gender specific and it's not gender specific. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we did our gala, and it, it's an awesome gala. And you know, people come um, and they open up and share. Um, I had a friend who um, was a male friend, and he came and he shared his story. So you're right; mm -hmm. it's not just it's not just it's not just females that go through domestic violence. So mm -hmm. I I applaud you for that, and I commend you for having that every year. And it gets better every year. I didn't I didn't get a chance to go this year, but I heard that it was awesome. So I commend yes. you for that. Yes. So tell us, tell us about your story. Tell us, you know, what what happened to to get you to this point to be such a supporter and a dynamic helper to other women and men in mm -hmm. their journey. Well, um, you know, like when you're courting, you're dating, or whatever, you see the signs. Mm -hmm. I say, in my case, I saw the red flag. But I made the flag red flag orange or either yellow, you know. Sometimes it was hot, but but whatever it was, I I dummied down um, the red flags that the red flag that was there. And so with that, you know, being a right. Christian, you you know, well things will get better. I have faith. They have faith. You know that things will get better. And um, again, this is like all in the courting stages. So that's and that's the reason for courting is so that you can get an idea mm -hmm. of the person's personality. What makes them okay? This would trigger something negative. This would trigger something positive. Okay, I don't like the reaction mm -hmm. to this. So that's all that takes place in the courting. Well, in the process of courting. Hmm. The flags were there. However, I um, I'll say I compromised what I was willing to accept. And so after being in the relationships and stuff, um, I just realized I was losing more and more and more of myself. Mm -hmm. One thing about the a victim is in their mind it's going to get better. So then the person apologizes within a matter of days. If the same time, here you go. It happens again. And so then I just, in both cases, I've just made up my mind. I was like, you know what? Somebody's going to really get hurt because I was at a breaking point at that, at that time. I was at a breaking point. And so when you get to a breaking point, it's like, you know, for me, by me being at my breaking point at that time, I just didn't care. All I knew is that I just don't. I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to think like this. I, I, I just, I was in a major, the don'ts. And then I had to make a decision. Right. And even in the process, and, and as a matter of fact, in both cases, well, in the past, I've actually ended up having a mental meltdown. One time, 
One was a mental meltdown and the other one was an actual nervous breakdown. And um, because in that, you can't believe it's happening to you. You know, right. Mm -hmm. I, why, why are they talking to me like this? Why are they treating me like this? I, I don't I know I don't deserve this. But somehow in your mind, when you're really holding on to your wedding vows, then, you know, you just just pray and believe that it's going to get better. And then when you get tired of being tired or when you feel like I'm tired of, I know I've lost sight of Melinda. So therefore, when I got to the point where I could say, okay, I don't know what to think. I mean, who am I? And um, so did you find yourself being a, a dip? Because I know Melinda. <laughs> did you find yourself being um, a different, I know you said, you were like, who am I? But did you find yourself being a different person and looking outside yourself and saying, you know, what made me get here? What, you know, where, where am that, I? Where? <laughs> yeah. How, how did I get here? Like, how did I yes. get, is that, was it, was it love? Was it, you know, was it the fact that you wanted to, wanted to save your marriage? Was it, you know, what was it that made you sit there for that minute? All of it. Nobody gets married with the mindset, I'm going to get divorced. Mm -hmm. And then the courting, you know, um, a person can, the, the, the truth will tweak right on out. And so even in the midst of it, I'm saying to myself, well, this is not the person I courted. This is not the person that courted me. You know, what happened? Why, how is it that they treated me this way? And now all of a sudden they're treating me this way. I, I don't get, you know. And so with that, I ended up taking on a lot of pressure that I didn't deserve. I was taking on a lot of negative energy that I didn't even have to pick up. But I allowed myself to receive it because I, you know, believed in my um, wedding vows and stuff. I loved my husband, you know. Right. And for me, it wasn't like. It just, it wasn't for a, it, I, all I can say is it, my mind didn't, I didn't just throw in the towel immediately. I actually was praying and fasting, all this different stuff for my marriage to work. However, it didn't. And that's when I, like you were you asked me in reference to me losing sight of myself. And I can say that because once I caught a hold of Melinda. It was at that point that I was able to say, I feel this, or I think that I had gotten to the place where I couldn't even think for myself. I couldn't so, think for myself. Mm -hmm. Well, how <laughs> soon after you got married did it happen? I was glad to say. Both were, I would say, within 30 days. Wow. So wow. in the courtship, it, you saw some signs and some red flags, but it didn't get to that degree until you actually got married. And we have a question. Was he aware that he was abusive or did he feel like the acts were normal? And I think just to clear it up, my cousin went through this twice with both marriages. Oh, wow. Okay. So, wow. Okay. Yes. So what, what, did, what was your answer to the question? Was he aware that he was abusive? I would say they were aware that they were controlling. I would say that they are aware that they're um, 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 
Well, yeah, controlling and manipulative, very manipulative. Mm. So as far as the word being a narcissist, that word is not in their mind. However, mm -hmm. when you tie all of it together, that's exactly what that personality trait is. And it was just a matter of, I can control you. Mm -hmm. you, know, you because of Go ahead. Because of the fact that, you know, again, I believe God is the head of the household. The mm -hmm. husband is right. And then myself. And so I never tried to take his manhood away from him. However, that wasn't I wasn't getting that in return. Wow. He said you had two guys. Did you see similarities in the two? Uh, mm, I didn't. Didn't yeah, you, you there? No, they were like they were like day and night. Wow. Well, let me say I won't say day. And also, let me say day and gray. <laughs> wow. I say like day and gray as far as being um both. You know, I will say both of them had leader. They have strong leadership capabilities. You mm -hmm. know, and as far as um. You know, people, they're, you know, get along. It's, you know, like some people say, um, I never meet a stranger. So they were those kind, you know, they could talk to almost anybody. I'm the same way. I can talk to, I don't even have to know your name, but I'm pretty sure I can find something for us to discuss. And so for me, in my mind, it, that was all good, mm -hmm. you know, because we both were like that only difference is after being married is when all the other stuff started coming out being controlling and manipulative mm -hmm. because in the beginning well in the courting i was full is full the word that was deceived to the fact of them embracing my independence you know, mm -hmm. they were glad I was an independent woman i didn't have to have a man for this i didn't have to have a man for that and so in courting that use that they use that as a plus as a um, manipulative uh, a way of manipulating me because in my mind okay good i don't have to take this down i have to take that down you know they support mm -hmm. but then after being married it's almost like a 180 it's like wow okay, we're wow. Back. i see a lot of the crosses behind you do you feel like they may have used your faith in god against you oh yes most definitely. Oh, yes. Most definitely. Did your love? After the fact. Oh, you didn't yeah. share. What made you be silent? Because you're embarrassed. Yeah. First of all, yeah, you yeah, you're embarrassed. Okay, how can I how can I, you know, I'm like, I don't I won't say I'm the social butterfly. Mm -hmm. However, I, I tend to have a strong personality. And um, I can laugh just about, about any and every little thing. And so for me, that was embarrassing because of my of Melinda, my mm -hmm. character, who I am. I'm the one that can hold it together. I'm the one who can go forward. And so that's one of the biggest things that a victim goes through is the shame. So, uh, so as far as sharing it, it was like, no, I didn't want my family to know that how that person was treating me. And so in the meantime, I stay silent. But at the same time, I'm still praying and believing God for change and, you know, renew his mind. And he's going to love me the way I need to be loved, the way mm -hmm. I want to be loved. And, you know, so that was a daily prayer. 
Now, I saw a post that you did today saying that domestic violence doesn't always have to be somebody goes upside your head or hits mm-hmm. you. It can be, you know, being talked to in a specific way, um, um, emotional, all kinds of things. And um, I can, you know, I never thought of it. I, I really, I really never thought of it like that until... Mm-hmm. You know, me and Red start getting into wanting to do this um, episode and, you know, talking about and discussing it. And I had to say, well, shoot, yeah, I have been through domestic violence because of the way somebody talked to me and, you know, tried to make me feel. But you guys know I have a very strong personality. And, um, you know, instead of deal with that kind of stuff, well, I, I let me not say that because I did deal with it for a little while because I thought, like you said, things were going to get better, but they didn't, and um, I had to, I had to let go, and I had, and I had to realize that the dream that I had is never going to come to fruition because this person is literally out of their mind, and like you said, you don't see that in the dating phase; they know how to cover that up. And narcissist, oh my God, mm. that's a word. Jesus. That's definitely a word. And it is, yes. I experienced that with this one particular person. And I mean, if you look up narcissist, he's textbook. Yes. Textbook. Mm-hmm. yes. I think sometimes we don't want to see it. Oh, because girl, he looks good or he treated me this way or blah, blah, blah. But Mm-hmm. you know run ladies <laughs> yes ladies have been and, and then even when it comes to your finances and stuff you know they can be try to be controlling even in in that area because i i experienced that as well and i this i'll, I'll give this one example um there's quite a few but i'm gonna give this one example um and i just couldn't believe my mouth <laughs> I just couldn't believe that, you know, what was happening at that given time. But um, this particular time, I had to get some gas. And so our money was combined into one account. Uh, I will say, I do believe in everybody having a little nest on the side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, so very quickly, um, is Leslie one of our guests also? Okay. That's a co-worker of mine. Okay. Oh. You want to add her in? Okay. Yeah. You want to add her into the podcast? Okay. That's fine. Hey, hey okay. Leslie. <laughs> Hello. Hi. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, this one particular day, so I needed to get some gas. So, I went by the ATM machine. And so, you know, it wasn't Reese because all I got was $20 out, right? So, I got $20. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I'll use 15 for gas and I'll just have the other part in my, in my pocket, you know, for whatever. Mm-hmm. Within 10 minutes, I got a phone call asking me, had I been to the ATM machine to get some money? Oh, wow. $50. $20. And I'm not talking about I had that I was totally dependent on this person's income. It wasn't a matter of... I just couldn't believe it for twenty dollars, and then so I was going take out money, and you said yours was combined, so you couldn't take out your own money without asking. 
without asking. But that yeah. is a form of financial and economic abuse. That's really exactly, mm -hmm. exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. So Valerie yeah. asked, besides verbal abuse, before you were married, did he hit or shove you in any way? And when was the first time it happened? No, 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 no. Everything happened afterwards. Mm. After mm. the fact. Nothing mm. happened before. It was after the fact. And that's why I was in such so much shock. Mm -hmm. what, what, <laughs> this ain't the person that courted me. This way. Mm -hmm. I want that person to come back. <laughs> but you guys go to therapy? I'm sorry? Marriage counseling or therapy or anything like that? But in the end, um, the mindset was the mindset was that in going to a therapist, they're gonna take your side anyway. So they didn't, so it wasn't taken serious. And so even for the second marriage, um it was always manipulated. The the sessions were manipulated, and so with that, because it was manipulated, um, i.e., everybody. Although the although the mindset was for them was that everybody's gonna always take my side, being mm -hmm. the victim. However, manipulative relationships were built that did not have my best interest at heart. Mm -hmm. And so, because it did not have my best interest at heart, and when I say my best interest at heart, that I, I really feel like the people that are involved, whomever it is, they need to be neutral. They should be a med a mediator. That that's not for one side or the other side. They should be just straight neutral. That way they can see it for full force for what it is and not be biased one way or the other. And in both cases, yeah, it was everything was always just manipulated, manipulative and manipulated towards me. And that wasn't fair. So because of that, and because I can see that, I addressed those areas. And, you know, and saying it, not just saying, OK, well, I'm not going to go because this is just not right. But I would actually say why I'm not going as well so that they would know that, OK, I can see you. <laughs> you may not realize I can see you. You may want me to think that I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs or you may want me to feel like I'm less than because that was the objective was to always make you feel less than and to take away from. But again, in the courting stages, it wasn't like I was the best thing since sliced bread. Mm. <laughs> so Leslie is one of your friends. So did she go? And I can, I can, this? I mean, I can see that. As far as... Go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. You in, V? Um, I was going to say I can. I can. Hello. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I wanted to say I can say on her behalf that I didn't see any of, you know, when I saw both her husbands, I didn't see any of it. They just, they were just nice whenever they came around family and loving and, and, and it was, it was a theater show, a theatrical show. Mm -hmm. Um, so there when she go. said it, I was like, oh my God, wow. You know, it was the most loving husbands I had ever seen. I'm like, wow, that's, you know, mm. she's good. And mm. like Crystal said, that's manipulation. It's definitely manipulation. And I, and after we found out, you know, family was angry. 
<laughs> yes. You know, it's like, yes. wow, you sitting at Thanksgiving table and had we known this, you would have been out, out back in the woods somewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but did you feel like you had to protect him at any time? Do you feel like yes. you protect him? Yes, because at the same because you're you're ashamed of the fact of what you're going. I was ashamed of what I was going through. And mm -hmm. so although I saw the ugly side, I still didn't want other people to see that ugly side. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, although he was tearing me down, I was still protecting him. Mm -hmm. and regardless of how much he was still tearing, he they were tearing me down. I was still protecting their name. Yeah. And yours on some level too, because you, you know, you not not Melinda being abused, mm -mm, that yes. put together, got it going on and stuff. Not her going through that. So yeah. exactly, mm -hmm. exactly, exactly. And that's the beauty with the um the domestic violence gala that I just had, especially mm -hmm. because we do a part. Felicia, like she stated, she's been to one before, but we actually have a, a ceremony where we do masking and unmasking. And so um, I always think about that and it's very near and dear to me because of the mask that I wore, especially when it came to their names, my marriage and stuff, you know, and if, if, if a question was asked that, um, that the answer was just downright negative, I would always find a way to change the subject. Mm. Therefore, I wouldn't have to answer their question and take away from his character because that's the thing. I was protecting his character. Mm-hmm. Well, in the meantime, he was manipulating, he was manipulating mine, but yet I was protecting his. Wow. Were there any physical scars on you, black eyes or bruises <laughs> or anything that you had to cover up and hide? On that note, there was this one time, and um I'm laughing now because I, I'm totally healed, delivered, and set free from it. But I went to it. You know how you hear, you see the stuff on television where people, um, they make a joke out of it and say, well, I walked into the cabinet or I walked into whatever, whatever. With this particular, we had a, we had a moment. And, and I'll just say, I'll call it that, a moment. Well, we know I was being abused, but that was a moment that we went through. And so the next day I had to go to work and I had my shades on. And I used to always see, you know, I would make jokes. Why they got shades on and we inside? The, but no, good and well, they don't need no shades inside the mm -hmm. building. But what was I doing that day? I had my shades on inside the building. And that particular day, um, well, one of the times I was actually drugged down a hallway, um, I had on, you know, that evening. And so I was snatched up and drugged down a hallway. But then what happened, it ended up hurting my leg. And mm -hmm. so therefore I had a limp. So it, it was it was different things that for people who really paid attention, they could see it. I'll put it like that. It could be seen. But people who didn't know, then it was just it was just another moment that I was going through. Um, but the physical, again, the physical stuff never happened while we were courting. Everything took place after the fact, you know, even for the very derogatory um, name calling and just um, staying my character publicly. You know, there was that got to a point and I like in both cases, I had gotten to the point where it's like I didn't know what to say, because sometimes as soon as I 
once you go through it for a little while, you kind of understand that, okay, Lord knows what is, what's going to happen when I get in the car. Because maybe I talk too much. Maybe I didn't talk enough. Because it's like um, I couldn't win for losing with any conversation. And so there were times when I, me, laughing and talking, being Melinda, get in the car. You shouldn't have said this. You shouldn't have said that. You was laughing about this. You was laughing about that. Yeah. So then by this time, you know, we go somewhere. I'm very quiet. Well, why you ain't saying that? You sitting up there and people thinking something wrong with you. You better get yourself together. You should have said this. You should have said that. And you should have did this and should have did that. And so I'm so, I was so focused on protecting his character, you know, trying to please him, accommodate him. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And, and, and that has happened in both cases. And even, you know, I would get the certain looks you know, from your spouse. Mm -hmm. And so immediately you drop your head or just turn your head or whatever the case may be. Why? Because I didn't want other people to see it. However, mm -hmm. different people did see the change in my demeanor immediately. So, so yeah. Leslie, as a friend, how did, how did you support her going through this situation? Oh, we came friends later. This is oh. before Leslie. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is before Leslie. <laughs> yeah. I may I listened. Um, you know, she shared the story with me um at work. And um, you know, we both were able to relate. Um, I was able to relate to Melinda's story um through my mom. Mm -hmm. And so uh, my mom suffered domestic violence. However, we look at the end result of it and the end result um, is their relationship with Jesus Christ. And as a result of them both turning their lives over to God, um, you know, they're still married today, 52, 53 years later. Wow. But we being my brothers and I, we had to uh, endure a lot um, as we watched my dad like physically beat her um as melinda stated about the black eyes and how he disfigured her face um to where you know busted lips bruised uh cheekbones swollen eyes to where uh, blue black circles around them and then where when she laughed tears because of the pain and because of all of the bustedness of it um and us trying to make her laugh through the sadness you know it would always be tears but i think i shared with melinda how um me and my brothers in the project area that we grew up in we were like the brunt of everybody's jokes mm -hmm. so it was like did willie you know willie beat marianne last night I mean, we saw her with them shades on. And so we would get on the bus and always be picked on um, by them saying smart, you know, snide remarks like that. So we we endured my mother going through a lot, being locked out of the house. Um, and then my dad would come to my door and he would say, and you better not open that window or I'm mm -hmm. going to get you too. But it was the alcohol. So, of course, once I heard him snoring, then I would open my window and I would let her in and she would sleep in the bed with me. Um, 
wow. throughout the night. And then, um, yeah, being locked out of the house, being beat, furniture broke. Like, I think I shared that every weekend something was broken, dinette set broken, dishes broken, and my mom being there cleaning everything up because that alcohol spirit, like, kept him, like, just tearing the house up, beating her, beating my brothers. He never beat me. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. But <laughs> I always stay hid somewhere in the corner, like crouched up. I think I told somebody that I I believe I became an intercessor at the age of five because wow. I will always find myself in the corner, like asking God to please let daddy stop hurting mama or please let daddy stop working stuff in the house type thing. So, yeah, I was able to relate from that perspective and so when she did mention about the being drug and you know my heart went out because that it caused me to see my mom my dad in action like with the abuse with my mom so yeah I experienced that too we have a question as children seeing what your father did to your mother how do you now view your father oh I love him to life um and I love him to life again because he was able to turn his life around. Mm -hmm. She got beat for 13. So I was five when it started. He didn't stop until I left at 18 to join the army. So I would say it went on for 13 to 15 years because when I was in Germany and I called one day, um, she told me that he pushed her or went upside her head or something again. Uh, she was vacuuming and she didn't hear him call her. And so he either pushed her or went upside her head. And one of my brothers grabbed a broom or something out of the kitchen. And he's like finally broke. And he said, touch her again and I'll kill you. Mm -hmm. So he ran my dad like all the way up the tracks. And my mom said that my dad didn't stop running till he got to the police station. And then he brought the police back around trying to press charges on my brother because we found he finally stood up like after, mm -hmm. you know, 13, 15 years. Like, mm -hmm. you no, know, we're grown men now, basically, and we're not going to let you do this again. But, um, yeah, so I think then I called because I was in Germany two, three years and about the second my second year there. Um, that's when I learned that they had both um, given their lives to Christ. And so they've been saved now well over 30, 30 some years now. Wow, so, awesome. yeah, that I love him. Like I like I showered him with so much love. Like I became like back a Christian again, like how we renew, <laughs> rededicate, um, I think around the age of 24. And so I just learned to forgive um, and to heal. Uh, in that forgiveness and asking God to just help me to forgive him. And so we had his birthday party when he turned 70. And that's when I like really, really got free. Um, you know, I thought that I had been free from it, of like forgiving some years back. But I, the more I walk with God, the closer I got with God, that's when I realize like once and for all like really really let go and be done 
And so it was then, and I told him, I said, I forgive you. Like mm. the room was full, like, like all of his family, everybody. And so that's when I told him I forgive him, that I love him, and that I will spend the rest of my years, that I didn't know which one of us would leave first, but I will spend the rest of my years loving him and giving him the love that wasn't given when we were children because he spent so much time, like the streets and the alcohol and all of that. Wow. And I think the alcohol, I mean, that is like huge. I mean, like that is, that's the thing that makes, takes a lot of people out of themselves and makes them do things that they wouldn't normally do. You know, Mm -hmm. I've experienced it, didn't know what it was when I was younger. I used to, and my aunt is on here, so I don't know if she, you know, she wants to say anything, but I remember, you know, my grandmother and I, I don't remember whether my, it was my grandmother's boyfriend, whether he hit her or not, but I just remember my uncle and him fighting in the house and him being thrown out the house. And he, he was a drunk and he would come in and cause issues and say things. And, um, and I was really, really young then, you know, and at that time, you don't know, I, I don't know, I didn't know what it was. I didn't, you know, I don't even know what we, we actually called it domestic violence back then. It mm-hmm. was, you know, something that it happened every weekend almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, now growing up, you know, of course I recognize it a long time before now, but that was a form, you know, you seeing it growing up and you don't know what it is. And you may think that it's something that happens, just happens in the household and you get used to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you, you know, when you grow up and have your own relationship, um, how did you guys, how did you handle your own relationship? Did you say, well, I don't want anybody that's anything near like my daddy or, well, you know, it happens. So, you know, I'll forgive him for this. How did you handle your own relationships when you got old enough to have one? Oh, that's beautiful. Um, it, I mean, for myself, I was like, um, I told my mom at the age of 10, because it had gotten worse and worse and worse. And at the age of 10, I said, I'm never getting married. And she took and hugged me so tight. And she said, baby, please don't say that. She said, because every man out there is not like your dad. And she said, it's the alcohol that has him the way that he is. She said, but outside of that, he's a good man. And from a child's eyes, I'm like, I don't see a good man. I see a horrible person. And I told her, I said, mommy, I don't care. I am never, ever, ever getting married. But I met my husband in the military in Fort Polk. And we ended up sharing similar stories because when we dated, I told him, I said, we had a serious talk. And I said, um, I don't ever, no, no, no. I said, if you, if you ever need a reason to leave me or for me to leave you, I can't remember which way, but I said, all you have to do is you hit me one time and I'm gone. I said, because I watched my dad do this for 13 
plus years to my mom, I said, and I refuse to be a victim. And then my husband reassured me and said, well, if I have to put my hands on you for any reason, then that means that I don't need you because that's not what I'm looking for. But right. at the same token, he shared the same story to where his dad did it to his mom as well. A very, very uh, intricate part that I did not share is that I want to say we, I know we're stair steppers. So it's like five, six, seven, and maybe 10 or 11 is a three year difference. Um, but we were like in the range of five to nine or so. And we watched my dad, he put a gun to my mom's head hmm. and he actually pulled the trigger. Um, but it was by the Holy Spirit that caused that bullet to trigger right uh, before her nose like it he, because he was shaking his hand was shaking when he and he screamed at the same time it's almost like a person committing suicide to where when they're going to pull the trigger they scream and they pull so he screamed and he pulled the trigger but it came out from by her head and went and they still have that scream at their back window with that bullet hole in it where he had fired that weapon my husband told me that his Dad did the same thing in an upstairs apartment. They lived above a store and they had an apartment upstairs and his dad shot the weapon at his mom with an intent to harm, hurt, kill or what have you. So he said we both share similar stories and we both was like, this will be our one and done. And like, if it doesn't work with us, um, we never remarry again. That we say we gave it a try. Here we are 28 years later. That's and it's awesome. only by the grace of God. And because we, you know, keep God first. Um, you know, I got saved like 20. We married it. I was 23. I got saved at 23, like six months into our marriage. Wow. And we went to Korea. So he told me. He said, I give you, I told him I give him six months that we're over there and he'll be a Christian. And then he say, I give you six months and you a backslide. So <laughs> I ended up winning out, you know, prayer, you know, prayer changes things. So he became a Christian in Korea and like having Jesus at the center of our marriage um, has what's kept us bonded and glued together. So. Amen. Yeah, I think my aunt came in and said that I was right. And one of the key things that I see in all the stories is that um, she said that um, once my grandmother's boyfriend, I don't want to say any names, um, changed his life, things changed and he regretted it. Um, I think that's the key. Once people realize that I'm not doing right. Mm -hmm. They start praying or going to church or just sitting within themselves and saying, I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not doing right. Then they realize and, and they, they feel sorry. Um, mm -hmm. And like you as a kid seeing that, you know, sometimes it was funny because my grandmother had sometimes my uncle to protect her and I would see them fight and he would throw them, throw them out in the street. Um, and that was funny to me. I was a kid. Um, but when he was sober and he was 
you know, he was a good man. And I, I you know, I, I couldn't, t you know, couldn't understand the difference of, you know, when he goes down the street and get drunk, he come back, he's a totally different person. But when he's not drunk, he was a good person. Um, so like you said, growing up, first, first time a man holler at me or want to hit me or whatever, I'm out. I'm gone. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, people deal with things very differently. My cousin, she stayed trying to make it work um, because of her faith in God and, and marriage. Whereas on the other hand, me, first time you hit me, I'm gone. The first time you say something crazy to me, I'm out. You yeah. know, and, and um, sometimes you can turn these things around like your mother and your father. Um, but I just never wanted to sit around and, and wait for that. And I had to take, I had to take in consideration also, um, is this what I, is this a picture of what my, I want my daughter to see mm -hmm. in reference to me? Because, you know, for decades, it was just me and her, me, her and the Lord, you know, she and I, you know, taking on the world. And during that in, in that season, that was my mindset because I didn't want her to see me with, you know, just say you date somebody for a year, stuff don't work out. Then you date somebody. I didn't want that for her. So therefore, I didn't do all the dating. So she always saw the stronger, the strong version of Melinda. And so even right. in living and being married in the home. So there were things at that point that she started seeing. And so she and I would talk about it. And then I would just sit there and look. And the only thing that was going through my mind is this is not a good example of what marriage is supposed to be like. I'm I'm witnessing. She's supposed to see size and traits of me that she wants to mimic. Mm, and right. me sitting here being a doormat for somebody, I'm pretty sure that's not something she wants. I know that's not anything that she wants for me. So why should I allow myself to remain in um, in a relationship but that's the that's the tone of it. Right. And um, so that has a lot to do with it also. And I will say, um, <laughs> you know, like they say sometimes, you know, you reap the harvest and then sometimes you just live it long enough for somebody else to reap the harvest of mm -hmm. the seed that you have already sown. So I say that to say in both cases now, their mindset and their faith is different than when we were together. And so I've actually, I've said to myself, well, one plant, one water, God brings the increase. I guess I was the one planting the seed. <laughs> <laughs> I planted the seed for somebody else. Yeah. So, um, but you know, God is faithful. And at the end of the day, I'm okay. Because I had to learn, you know, there's a difference. If somebody's your assignment or is that person your spouse? Mm -hmm. And so I had to learn that they were assignments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Wow. So what advice would you give to women who want to support their friends who are being abused, but aren't yet strong enough to leave? Just continue to love on them and don't judge, don't, don't judge them. Mm -hmm. And don't have the conversation of, well, if it was me, I would yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. If it was me, I would, yada. you don't know what you would do until you get in that situation. Because I used to say the same thing. No man mm -hmm. better not hit me. No man better not talk to me like that. Mm -hmm. I'm a queen. 
Better not say this to me. Better not say that to me. And I make my own money and yada, 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 yada. And in all of those areas, I allow myself to get manipulated and controlled. Right. It wasn't there in the beginning. But as I stated, you know, it just got to a place where that, that like, you know, I just go back to that $20 story. You know, I went to the ATM machine and got $20. $20. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was questioned. And I think a lot of times when people go through situations like that, the first thing people holler is, oh, you got low self-esteem or you don't have a lot of confidence about yourself. And that's not always the truth. Mm-mm. No, no, it's not always the truth at all. Again, you're protecting your marriage, your spouse's character and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, women, it's in, we're nurturers by nature. Absolutely. <laughs> You know, we're, we're prayer warriors by nature. So um, it's a gift that's there. And I would just tell anybody, hold true to who you are. That doesn't mean you have to be demeaning, undermining, and um, nasty about it. But in strong faith and courage, be the bold and confident person that you can be. Am I telling anybody as soon as you go through something, you'll get a divorce? Nope, I'm not saying that at all. Because you have to, it takes faith to go from here to there. Now, even when, even if it comes to, well, I will say this, even when, um, when that, that particular time when I was drugged down the hallway, I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to feel. But I do know at that point, I was still very much in love with my husband. Mm-hmm. And although that happened, my mindset was that was the last time it, mm-hmm. I, I can remember it. I was sitting. I remember I came, I came in from work the next day and I'm sitting in the chair and I'm saying that was the last time mm-hmm. he's going to love me. He's going to respect me for who I am. And um, sometimes a separation is needed. Sometimes it's not, sometimes it doesn't get to that. But for me, um, I, that's the only thing I can say. Hold on to the best version of you and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. For yourself, for your child, for ministry, hold on to the best version of you one moment at a time. So what do you, what do you tell the woman who doesn't, have that kind of faith that you have maybe not even believe in god look in the mirror i'll tell them to look in the mirror start off by looking in the mirror because that was another thing because of what i was going through because of what i was living because of who i am and who i was standing to be i got to the place i couldn't even look in the mirror to get dressed you know like you get dressed put your clothes on and then you look in the mirror make sure everything is neat and tidy because i was denied being Melinda in so many different ways, I got to place I couldn't even look myself in the mirror. So that's one of the first things that I would tell somebody. When you get to that point, look yourself in the mirror and speak what you see, which in faith means you're speaking as to where you want to go. Look in the mirror because like, as I stated, I got to the point I couldn't look in the mirror because I know that wasn't the real me and I didn't like what I saw. You know, and then, you know, to to have a mindset to um, well, like I got to a point, a point that I wouldn't say I'm sorry as form of apology. 
And um, I've heard other people actually say that, well, if you're not saying you're sorry, then that's not real um, a real apology because I'm sorry you're saying you know, that's, that's a humble state. And then I explained to them why. Because me saying I'm sorry, that was actually flipped. That was actually flipped and turned on me. I said I was sorry, and then in return, I was told, "You're right. You are sorry." Yada 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 yada. Mm -hmm. So for me, I got to the place where I couldn't say that, and even to just say it, um, you know, even just not. I'm not going to say even just to him, but I had to get to where I couldn't say it. Period, because it would also it would bring on an anxiety for me by me saying that word now, I'm sorry, I can say it today because I've grown healed and been delivered and set free from the sting of that particular thing. So again, um, I would say somebody who's going through stuff, tell them take a deep breath, breathe and look in the mirror. And what do you want to see? Look in the mirror. Because that's the, I'm telling you, that's the biggest thing. Because when you look in the mirror, you think about the scars. You think about the whatever it is that, it, whatever physical thing that has taken place. You'll start seeing reflections of that. So take a first, take a good look in the mirror. What do you want? Do you even know, you know, initially I didn't even know what I wanted. All I knew was it wasn't right. And I got that from um, listening to Joyce. I'm a follower of Joyce Myers. Right, and so even somebody who, if you're not strong in faith, what do you want to see? Can you look at yourself in the mirror? Because at the end of the day, everybody should be able to look at themselves. And if, you, if you're being treated the way you don't want to be treated, then you're not seeing what you want to see when you look in the mirror. So you have to get enough courage to look in the mirror. So that's, what it, that's one of the things that I would tell somebody. And I would ask them, have you ever taken the time to just look in the mirror? Not without all, without all the makeup and everything, because even so, like if you get it, if you have scars on your face and stuff, what are you doing? You put no makeup to cover it up. Look in the mirror with the true you. And what do you want to see? Because it's hard to look in the mirror. I agree. Well, Tanya had a question. She said, in that process, did you reach out for help? The authorities and if so were you supported yes because i know one time i had to go get a, i had to get a restraining order um and then another time yeah <laughs> i had a restraining order done one time and then another time um and just picking up things um, you know, belongings and everything. I had a police there with me so that there wouldn't be any kind of foolishness. And at, this point, at that point, it didn't matter to me. It wasn't a matter of, well, you trying to, um, you, you embarrassing me in the neighborhood and you trying to make me look like this and you trying to be, I didn't care about any of that. All I know is I want to get my stuff and be gone. And then, um, and with the other situation, here we go again. I just need for you to be going. I don't care about this. I don't care. But for once, I did not care what their character looked like to somebody else. I didn't care. I could care less what their character looked like. Because at that point, it was about me. And so since it was about me, I was able to have the courage to take necessary steps to get a bit to, to be me. I'm not even going to say get a better. I'm just going to say the simple part of just to get me. 
Right. And Crystal wanted to know, did you ever remarry? And if not, do you believe you will again? Oh, yes. I most definitely will marry again. Oh, yeah. I believe in marriage. <laughs> I, be, I do. I truly, truly believe in marriage. Well, your sure parents have been married since they were toddlers. So you got to believe in me. Exactly. Yeah. My parents. Yeah. Ooh, I'm how old am I? 53? I'll be 53 in December. In December. Yes. And, three and my old. parents, is it 51 or 50? I think 51 years my parents have been married. Yeah. Yeah. And my dad's like the, you know, and he everybody, Uncle Lynn, or he everybody, daddy, he's everybody, granddaddies. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, yeah, depending on the year, the authorities didn't respond to. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not gonna, like as I stated, when I went and did the restraining order, um, you know, I went there, I gave my statement and everything, and bam, every, you know, stuff was put in place instantly. You know, papers were served in the whole nine yards. Um, when I went to go get my belongings and everything, I had already called because I didn't know what what the mindset would be with me going there. So I had, you know, called, police was there when I got there. They would discuss how we were, you know, what how our communication was at that given time. So you know what he was getting into when you walk inside. And I will say, I am so glad that when I went to go get my stuff that I notified the authorities and that they went with me because based on the words coming out of his mouth, he had a plan for me. He had, I don't know what the extent, I don't know what the degree, it might've even been just to talk to me in another manipulative manner. I don't know what it was. I didn't care. But based on, because it got to the point at first, he just stayed at the doorway. And so I'm gathering my belongings and then the police had to actually get in front of him mm. because of the stuff that he started saying towards me. And you could just tell, you could just, we, we can tell when somebody's getting angry. Mm -hmm. frustrated and so that's what was beginning to take place and like I said the policeman went and stood directly in front of him and I was like wow thank you Lord because if I had not gone and had the policeman to come there who knows that what direction that that would have gone in you know if I may oh I'm sorry I wanted to um like share a I think it's a it's called psychology today um where it has a lot of um list of psychologists that uh, do uh marital uh counseling couples counseling um and I just encourage that if there are women uh that are in this situation or see it and want to head it off um you know, there are resources out there um, and just encourage um, to go that route. Um, even if we, you know, start with ourselves, because I know even in my marriage with my husband, we talked um, the D word, I would say, uh, probably about year 12. And then again, uh, year 15. And, you know, now we're here at year 28. But um, 
realizing that I had to take care of me. So when we, you know, reach out and get that help um, to say, I'm going to start inwardly with me so that we can survive through it and so that we can come out on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. And whether that coming out means that we come out together or we come out going our separate ways, we have our dignity, we have our pride, we have our we have everything that God intended for us to have to come out on the other side of it. Um, you know, at one point I found myself nearly drowning, like, because I spent so much time, like, I want this to work. I, you know, I want this to work. I want, and I was becoming so engrossed with us that I was losing me mm -hmm. in trying to take care of us. And mm -hmm. so in order that a woman not lose herself, I would say just reach out. Like if if he's at work and you know you're at at home, mom, or you may even be at work, but they have the virtual sessions. Um, they even email you if you're not able to meet the sessions, and you know they'll reach out that way. And you just find yourself like even if it was journaling. It's somebody else on the other side that's with you and somebody there that is able to guide you through it and help you see your way clearly when we say, well, let's like maybe not have God in it or I'm not fully there yet in my faith or I'm not really sure I believe God. Well, even if we re remove that and just say the counseling or, you know, somebody that can be there um, to hear you, somebody that'll hear your voice and be able to help you uh, to work through it and navigate through the journey of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that. And like Darius said in his message that back in the seventies, and that's when, like I said, my grandmother's experiencing, um, they didn't really call the police until it got too bad. Mm -hmm. You know, so it was just, you know, you handle it or, you know, you, you, people in the neighborhood knew what was going on, but uh, it wasn't a whole lot of calling the police, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and it wasn't, a, it, and like I said, people didn't call it domestic violence back then. It was mm -hmm. just, well, he, you know, he fighting and people knew what was going mm -hmm. on. Nobody mm -hmm. ever tried to come in and, 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 and do anything or intervene or anything like that. One of the other things I want to talk about, because I talked to a young lady the other day and she was talking about how she don't like soft guys and how she like a little a man with a little roughness around the edges. And she was telling me about her boyfriend. And um, I had heard that her boyfriend was, you know, a little rough with her sometimes. But she said she likes that. You know, not maybe knock her upside the head, but kind of talk to her, you know. He, he got to be able to get me straight, you know? And I'm like, that you do realize that when a man talks to you out of character, calls you all kinds of names and stuff like that, that is because she saw that we put an ad, the advertisement up for domestic violence. I said, you do mm -hmm. realize that's a sort of domestic violence. And right. she said, I guess it's not a domestic violence if I accept it and I want it. Wow. Uh, Low self-image. Right. And, you know, that's that's initially what I said. But then, I'm you know, I'm thinking like, 
why would you want somebody to call you out your name and say all kinds of crazy stuff to mm-hmm. you and make you feel like you know he want he make me feel like he want me? That doesn't make me feel like he want me. That makes me feel like I'm just a a possession, or I'm just you know you don't care. You know, Crystal said women say that all the time, but why? You know why? But you know, I, my grandmother. <laughs> God rest her soul. Um, I was helping her make her bed. I want to say around 20, 2010. Around about 2010. And she's since passed. Um, but we were making her bed. And she said to me, um, Dwayne ever hit you? Like, that's my husband. She called my name and she said, Dwayne ever hit you? And I just fell over on her bed laughing. And I said, Grandma, I said, you never, ever, 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 <laughs> ever, ever <laughs> have to worry about my husband hitting me. And I told her we had to talk. So then my grandmother says, Chai, Arthur used to beat me all the time. And she just fell out laughing. And I'm like, Grandma. So I'm thinking, I don't know if that's where... Well, but I've seen, you know, the connection to where when my dad was doing it to my mom and this is my grandmother maternal. Um, and then she was taught to stay because my granddaddy did it and my mm-hmm. grandmother stayed and they were married 60 some odd years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my mother and now they're 50s in their 50s of anniversary. So. They say you work through it. Um, I'm not for sure what that connection is or why, because that's the words that my grandmother used, that it was to keep her in line. So I don't know if it may have been the tone of like the way they spoke to men back then in the 70s, 60s, um, you know, how they were taught, you know, you keep in the house and you keep in your mouth at the same time. So then if you go a little sideways, then they feel like they got to bring you back in line type thing. And I think that's more so what how my grandmother saw it back then was like to keep her in line. And that's the only way that I can relate, like to kind of understand what she was saying in that sense back then. And it may be the same. Maybe this young girl has experienced that through a grandmother or something. And because she says something just like, I need a man that know how to handle me. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, to handle you that kind of way? Because she told me, she's like, I can get out of pocket sometimes. And I'm like, but but domestic Mm -hmm. violence ain't the way for him to handle. No, Mm -hmm. no. A man can talk to you just as much as he can put his hands on you and curse you, beat you up. Mm-hmm. You know? right. Yes, yes. It's just a, mm-hmm. a low self image, uh, a low self image mm-hmm. that the person has in reference to themselves. You know, you see yourself as, you know, like you, you know, for the person to make that statement, I need somebody, you know, roughing me up. Well, I don't need mm-hmm. you to treat me like mm-hmm. trash in order for me mm-hmm. to know that. <laughs> But it seems that that has to be something within her that causes her to believe that theory of this is how 
this should be done. It's either the eye gate, the ear gate of seeing a combination of seeing and hearing um, this sort of thing, whether it be through TV, through a family member, there's some type of connection that cause, causes us to believe a certain way and to believe like what is it within her that make her feel that she's out of line or what is it within her that makes her feel so it's something does that make sense it has to be mm -hmm. something yeah it's called that's an effect. triggering yeah mm -hmm. cause and effect mm -hmm. yeah a lot of times yeah. they lose sight of what the cause is on their behalf yeah they see it as the cause is because they didn't want me to say this. They didn't want me to do that. And so therefore that's why he lashed out or that's why she lashed out because. And so the effect on them, they didn't take it like it should have been. Again, that's a cause and effect concept that took place within those, the individuals that will allow themselves to be treated in that manner. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Crystal. That was unheard of back then for a woman to stay. I mean, to leave an, an abusive marriage, um, it was just different back then. And you said because of this, she had to work three jobs to raise four children. A lot of people say. Yeah. But it's always, there's always a way. I'm, I'm a, I am a mm -hmm. true, firm believer. And especially nowadays, it's every, almost, almost any kind of, um, assistance that a person needs is out there. It's just a matter of the person have the confidence and the boldness and the courage to get out there and do what's best because the question becomes, and that was another thing I had to learn, is it better for me to stay married and let my child see me get totally disrespected and go on all this stuff? Or is it, or which is better for me to stay in a bad relationship in front of my child or for me to have a peaceful home without it? Wow. And so when I thought about the, when I actually compared the two, I'm like, you know what? That, again, that's why I went decades and everything without dating because mm -hmm. that was still an example for her. And we had a peaceful home full of joy with no matter, no arguing, no, it was just, it was, a, it was, <laughs> it's you know, like when you have a bird and all he do is just fly away and, and do whatever. Mm -hmm. So it was like that. It was like a weight lifted off my shoulders. It was a peaceful environment. Whereas in, if I had stayed in those situations, you know, I got to pray all the way home. <sighs> Who Lord, I hope I have a good night or I hope, they don't, <laughs> you know, hope I say the right thing when I go in the house or vice versa. And, you know, pull up, pulling up and it's like, okay, they ain't made it home yet. So I got here. <laughs> right. Walking on eggshells. <laughs> Exactly. And so I just really, I will just, I, like, again, I would never tell somebody to leave. However, I would ask that question. Which do you think is better for your child, for your child to see you getting abused or for you to raise a child in a peaceful, laughing and loving home? Mm -hmm. And so that would be on that individual to answer that question accordingly as to what they want for their child, for their child. Cause we, one thing we do and like with Leslie in her case, she actually broke the generational curse because she had already seen it go through to her two previous generations. Mm -hmm. And so she was that third generation and she's like, uh, -uh we're going to stop this right now. We're not, <laughs> we're not going down this road. And because Amen. of her being able to stand on what she believed in, she mm -hmm. let it be known and bam, 
Grandma, did Dwayne hit you? You said, is Dwayne living? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, ma'am, indeed. Mm. <laughs> that is it right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, listen, I, you know, this was more than we expected. Leslie, we didn't even know you were coming on with a whole story of your own. So we truly wow. appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. And and Linda, you already know. I love you to life and back mm-hmm. again. Um, and I knew your story and I knew that people would be blessed to hear it. Um, tell us, tell us, tell the people who don't know about your books, because I want to make a lot of and 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 by, I mean because she told her story in the books and um yes. helps. So if you do have a yes. friend who's going through it, I mean you can you can start with buying a book and giving it to your friend and say, Hey, read this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and like say the, the title of the book is Crack Not Shattered. And the crack comes from the fact that I had been institutionalized. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and not shattered, I'm still together. You know, I might have been out of my way of thinking, but regardless, I'm not shattered. Mm-hmm. So um, so that that's the whole thing in that. And I share my story at the same time. Um, after each chapter, there's one or two questions after each. Cha- I want to say it's two questions at the end of each chapter. And every last one of them is a self-reflect based on that particular chapter. And then you doing a self-reflection within that. Um, also, towards the end of it, um, I actually go. it actually goes into positive decorations that you can give yourself. Um, it goes into um, how to be free. It actually goes through steps. Um, it's not a very thick book. However, it's a powerful short book. I think I'll say it like that. That's about mm-hmm. the best way to say it. And, and where can um, you get it? You can order that on Amazon. Crack Not Shattered. You see my beautiful face. on different. I think I have one blue. <laughs> and you can get it off of Amazon. Or um, if you would get, if you want to get it personally autographed, then you can reach out to me. Um, because of Felicia, you'll put all my information out there or whatever. And then if you order directly from me, I can... Um, what do you call it? Um, autograph. I, I autograph your book and give you a couple words of empowerment, inspiration, and I'll put it off in the mail for you. <laughs> well, I'll get that. I'll get your information and put it out there for them to. I have the picture already out there of mm-hmm. the book. I'll put yes, and my other one. Um, Twenty one days for your breakthrough. It's actually like a glass that has been shattered. This one is shattered, but there's a person that's going through the glass. So although it's right there, they're going through it. And so that's what it is for um, the individual as well that is reading the book at that time to see yourself going through that glass. Nice. Yeah. And, it's, and coming out whole because when you go through the glass, it's not somebody like with the arm over here and the foot over there, whatever. It's still a whole body that mm-hmm. actually went through it. So mm-hmm. that's what it's, and that's what it's, that's what life is about each and every day. Yes. <laughs> based on what Crystal Marie has said as her cousin looking from the outside and seeing all this happen, y'all, my cousin is strong. That's all I can say because <laughs> she kept she kept us unaware until the end. And, you know, um I would have liked to have been there for her through through it and during that time, but I think that, you know, 
she knew what she was doing and and um she's come out on the other end and now she's helping other women and i commend her for that i mean it's, it's a huge thing and every year she has this gala to you know to support and um i just want to say i'm proud of you i'm i'm very proud of you um, thank you, thank her you. grow and um you know, we go through our experiences and and I hate to say it this way, but you go through things, you come out on the other end better for it. Um, I hate that she had to go through that to get to this point, but um, she's a minister now. Um, and she just, it's, it's just an awesome story. Wow. I'm a good package. <laughs> <laughs> And she tell you, but she she got another up uh, 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 prospect right now that loves her to death. <laughs> well, no, loves her to life. Let's say that. So, yeah. Well, this has been awesome, ladies. Awesome. Thank yep. you, thank you. I'm honored that you all invited me to the show. I'm honored. And we're happy that you brought Leslie to us. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, thank that, you, Melinda. Yeah, because yeah, that gave it from you. a different perspective. So that, I mean, that's great because a lot of people don't think about it in that manner as well. Yeah. So um, that's what we're here to do, to share our stories and open eyes to any and everybody who can. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, as a matter of fact, there was a question that says, how can, um, how can we help children who are going through this now? That's when you just plant the, um, um, and you don't have to still have to, to um, single somebody out. It could be as mm -hmm. simple as just dropping a card or a note, like on, like, and just say if it's a child, just give them the note because what they're gonna try, they're initially they're gonna deny it. Why? Because they already know the parent doesn't want them to get into the home information. So if anything, if you have a card or whatever, just you know, find a way to. Um, I want to say synonymously, yeah, anonymously get it to that child or to get it, yeah, to get it to that child. And more than likely that child is going to reach out. Mm -hmm. That child is going to reach out. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, thank you guys. I know this has been um, like someone I heard, I saw somebody say in the comments, this has been a, this has been real heavy. But um, at the end of the day, we had both stories ended up being great stories. Leslie's parents are still together. Um, they found God and, and, and they're still together. And Melinda came out on the other side unscathed. She still has her bruises and, and you know her memories, but, but she's doing awesome, guys. I can honestly say that. She's doing awesome. So thank you, I'm guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for being a part of Inspire Her. Thank you. We yes. we appreciate you guys. We and we don't we don't even know what's gonna happen when we start these episodes, but they always seem to be awesome. Like you know, God doing some yes. good things, yes. and, and and we appreciate you guys for helping us along the way. Yes. Oh, thank you. I'm sure you'll be hearing from some people once I put your information out there. And thank y'all all for for listening. For listening. Yes. For commenting for being on here with us and like Crystal says that smile. She always has a smile on her face. <laughs> always got a smile on her face. So, 
and yeah. genuine now, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you guys. Inspire her, the total woman with red and fee. Like, 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 I can't say it anymore. Like our pages, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. We want to keep this information coming out to you guys. Send us messages. There may be something that you want to talk about. Let us know. We'll we'll try to we'll we'll get on here. Me and Red will chop it up with you guys, or we'll get a guest to come on. We're gonna to try to start having more lives. Um, we got some we got some things in store. Go to our page. We have a retreat February twenty fourth through twenty seventh, twenty twenty three. Where we gonna all come together. Ten ladies and me and Red are gonna to go to Hilton Head, and we are going to come together and talk about things. Who knows? You know. Anything could happen during this time. Mm -hmm. We are going to have a, you know, we have no holes bar. It's still going to be no holes bar, but it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. We're going to, we're going to spend some time with each other, getting to know each other. And when we leave up out of Hilton Head, we're going to, we're going to have 10 new friends. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Red. No, you said it all. This has been amazing. I appreciate you guys. For being yes, yes, yes. Amazing stories. Yes. Thank you. God, Thank you all for having me. We love having you. Thank you. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So all thank right, you for all of our guests. We're going to end the live now. We appreciate you all. Appreciate you too. Um, Good, night. Good night. Good night. Good night. We are here to inspire her, the total woman. Yeah.